Y'all give him a hand. Y'all give the Lord a hand. That is exciting. I don't know how you cannot get excited by singing that. God is good. And hey, this is just a glimpse. We get to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever here eventually. But until then, until then, we just get to see glimpses of his goodness, of his mercy, of his love. We get to sing his praise. And so glad to be able to do it. And we get to do it. We don't. We don't have to do it by ourselves. We get to do it in a corporate world with other brothers and sisters, other like-minded believers, those who have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. God has put us together and we're able to worship, worship God. And it is absolutely amazing. If you've got your Bibles on, I invite you to turn with me over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, execute the play. It's football season. I know whether you're an Alabama fan and there may be at least two Auburn fans in the whole building, Casey and I. See, y'all gave the y'all gave the microphone to the Auburn fans. Isn't that crazy that Auburn fans have the microphones, Casey and I? But anyway, um, it's football season, and coaches they they go all week long. We are around coaches quite a bit with Tuscaloosa County and the different coaches. Here's the deal: this past Thursday night, they were in here. When we had them, and they come in, and they broke off. They had the defense over here, and they had the offense over there, and, and they got to break off into their different sections, and then they come back together, and they were answering these five different questions. And, and the point was that each man was responsible not just to, to himself and for what he was doing, but he was also responsible for the other ten players that he was with. You know, this guy was supposed to be doing his job. He was supposed to be blocking his guy or covering his man so that he is not to be worried about. He, I have my job down. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to worry about me, team. And the next guy is doing the same thing. All the way down the 11 men. Everybody doing their job. Everybody executing the play. You say, well, how in the world does any of this have to do with Scripture, it has all to do. It has all to do with, with you know, our daily life. Executing the play, executing the day, waking up and going out those doors and going out, whether you're coming out of a dorm, whether you're coming out of a house, whether you're coming, wherever you're headed to. Guys, you and I are to go to be in the hands and feet of Jesus every single day of our life. And... Just look at it. Look at First Peter. First Peter. Uh, I love this passage. I love this section. Second Peter, chapter one. Second Peter, not first. I've been reading the Peters. I've read this. I've read First Peter, Second Peter, a whole bunch over the last couple of weeks. And in Second Peter, chapter one, look at verse eight. Guys, this is important. It says this, for if these qualities are yours and are increased, and they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, if there's anything I do not want to be called as useless. Can you imagine God looking at one of us and saying, hey, you're useless. We weren't saved for that. We were saved for far more than that. I don't want to be unfruitful. I want my life to count. I want my life to count, and, and not for a social reason, not for a worldly reason. I want my life to count for a kingdom purpose. I want, to, I want God to be using me, and I want to be used by God in such a way that, that yes, people here in Northport, but, but not just Northport, I pray that, that you go out and maybe, maybe if 20-something years of preaching, maybe somebody under the preaching of the Word has gone out and they're reaching the nations. I want, I want kingdom impact. That's what I desire for me. 
That's one of the prayers I've always had for my family and the kids is that God use us in a powerful way that He's glorified and that many, 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 many people would come to know Jesus through us. Guys, I don't want to be useless. I don't want to be unfruitful. Look at the verse 9. Look at the next verse. It says, for he who lacks these qualities. You know, it started, verse 8, it says, for if these qualities are yours that are increasing. Chapter verse 9 says, for if the, you, anyone who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Can you ever think of why in the world we would ever want to forget who we were before Christ found us? Can you imagine if God had left us in that pursuit, if He had not have saved us, if He had not have found us and brought us from death to life and made us His very own by the sacrifice of Christ there on the cross for us. Yes, He died on the cross and they buried Him and He rose again on that third day. And because of His death, burial, and resurrection, I have hope. And I don't want to go back to the person I was before Christ. But the Scripture says if these qualities, if, if, if you forget these qualities, it's like you... You forget your former former life. You, you, you ignore who you once were. You ignore how far God came. You ignore how much God did. The sacrifice that was made for us. It's, it even gets more important. Look at verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about His calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. It's like, preacher, what are you talking about? If these qualities are yours, if you're doing these things, then you'll never be called useless. You'll never be called unfruitful. But if you're not doing these things, you've probably forgotten your salvation. Hey, if you're not doing these things, you may not even be a Christian at all. It's serious. You're like, what are you talking about? Look up at verse, look up at verse 2. Well, let's go ahead and read the whole letter. Read, not the whole letter, but start in verse 1. Simon Peter a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. That, who, that is who is writing the letter, and that are, that's the recipient. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Think about that. If you're a Christian here this morning, God has given you everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. It's yours. It's, it's yours, period. God, seeing His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Whenever God saved you, when you were and I was running away from God in our rebellion and in our flesh and in our sin, and God was pursuing us with His love and His grace and His mercy and Christ found us, He gave us everything that we needed. He didn't just come alongside. I ended the service this morning. I ended with, you know how the... The difference in what we're talking about here and really what's going on on the, on the field is, you know, a coach can't go down there and run the play. A coach can, can, a coach can drill it into those players' minds. He can drill it into the offense. He can drill it into the defense and the special teams. 
exactly what to do, exactly how to run the play, but at no time can the coach ever come off the sideline and get on the field and, and run the play for them. But you know what God did? It's kind of interesting. When God saved you, he gave you, his, he gave you himself. And he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He, he filled us with his spirit. He gave us his spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. If you're a Christian in this room today, if you're a Christian, and I always begin it with if because I don't know a person. You all look at you, all sing it, you all praise God wonderfully. But I don't know what's going on inside of you. But if you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, directing and leading and guiding you. You don't just have to go into life wondering what God wants from you. We have the Spirit of God indwelling us when we go and start in a direction that we should not go. Guess what happens? The Spirit of God convicts us and corrects us. All those sirens that go off. All those radars, all those red flags, that little, that little nudge inside of you that says, hey, this is not who you are. Everybody else is going. Everybody else is hanging out. Everybody else is invited. Everybody else is running headlong to this thing and everything inside of you. Have you ever been here? Everything inside of you is telling you, hey, you should not be there. You should not go there. You should not have. You what? Uh, you know what, honestly, mama's dead. Mama's dead. God love her. It's been almost two years now. Mama's dead. But I used to as a kid, and I don't know if I would think, what if mama saw me? What if mom and daddy would see this? What if mom and daddy caught me there? What if, what if I had to call and, and say, hey, mom and daddy, come get me? Wow. It's crazy, ain't it, y'all? Thing is, God... God put the spirit, his own spirit inside of us that it goes even further than mom and daddy. No, my coach can't be on the field. Guess what? Mom and daddy can't go with you either, but Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit's right there in the middle of it. Holy Spirit's right there in the thick of it with you. And when everybody else is running headlong in a certain direction, that spirit inside of you is saying, hey, I saved you for more than this. saved you for a purpose far bigger than this. I want to use you in a mighty way. I want to use you in a way that you don't even understand right now. I want to transform the world through you and I'm going to start it by, by making something brand new inside of you. And we got to stop that. That's what we're talking about. And he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. We're not doing this on our own. We have his spirit that is inside of us. We have his spirit that indwells us and he leads us and he guides us look at verse four for by those he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust isn't that awesome God has, God has rescued us from a domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. And He's given us His Spirit. He's given us His Spirit as a promise. And we're no longer who we used to be. We are now brand new every single day of our lives. 
And you say, well, where's these qualities at, preacher? Because here's the deal. I just read 1, 2, 3, 4, and I read uh, 8, 9, 10. So that tells you there's something really, really important in the middle because, because those of you that's reading down through there, you're like, hey, verse 8 points back up to the qualities, and verse 9 points back up to the qualities, and verse 10 says, hey, if these are not yours, then you need to question your salvation. And, and all this is like, wow, God did all this amazing stuff for me. He saved me. He redeemed me. He bought me with His blood, and, and I am His forever, and I cannot be taken out of His hand. So, so we'll see execute the play what, what am I supposed to be doing verse 5 guys verse 5 life lessons life verses life principles life truths there's one thing that happens inside of the church there's one thing that's missing inside of the church you know we we sit down on the, on the fact that Jesus is my Lord and we he saved me and He redeemed me and He made me His very own. And i got a cabin built in the corner of glory land and I'm going to get to heaven one of these days, but until then I'm just going to kind of make it through this life. That's not biblical. God saves you for a purpose and that purpose is, is really big. You know, um, what is most, it don't matter how good your football team is, baseball, basketball, golf, cheer, soccer, softball, you pick your sport, it don't matter what is the one thing a coach wants from you? What's the one thing that a coach, what's the one thing to mom and daddy, one thing I told my kids, look, I just want you to try. What's the one thing I want? I just. And, and, and here's the deal. There, there's a disconnect. I'm telling you, there's a disconnect in the secular world. And, and we think that we don't have to have it here inside of the church world. And it's called effort. Effort. You know, as a Christian, you've got to do something. <laughs> Do you know that? Some of you's like, some of you, that's a brand new learning this morning. It's like, wow, I gotta do something? I thought Jesus did it all on the cross. He did. He did. But we gotta put forth effort when we wake up and we go into a brand new day. We gotta put forth effort and do the things that God has saved us to do. We can't just, we can't just get through life. I, I'm not an artist, and I told the first group I went in this morning, and I had a, a big piece of poster board, and I tried to write "admit one," and I I ran out of space. I don't see how you cheer little girls can write like y'all do. I ran out of room for one, and on the back side I couldn't write "heaven." My heaven was going down. You know, there's some people all they got they got their admit one ticket. I got admit one ticket to heaven. I got my ticket to heaven. That's all. That's all I gotta have, right? No, there's more. There's a lot of lazy Christians. Lazy Christians. I'm just, I love you. I wouldn't tell you this. There's a lot of lazy Christians. I got my ticket to heaven. I'm here. I sing in a choir. I play over there. I'm always here. I got gold stars. Look at the attendance. I'm here all the time. Guys, there's more to it than going through the motions. We've got to put forth effort. And do the things that God saved us to do, and it takes, and it's not always visible. I say this all the time. God's doing some absolutely amazing things at this church. If you're visiting, everybody that you know needs to come to Chapel Hill. It's not because numbers are blowing up, but there's a lot of folks coming to this place. But what God is doing is He's transforming people on the inside. 
Light bulbs are going off in daddy's minds. Light bulbs are going off in husbands and, and wives and kids and these students and all around the room. Light bulbs are going off that, hey, there's more to this Christian walk than just coming and sitting in a church service. There's more to it that God does... God desires me to walk in holiness. God desires me to live for Him. God saved me for a purpose. God wants to use me. God wants to do something big through me. It's not just preacher folks. It's not just, just these, these people that's up here, the showy stuff. No, God wants to do something really radically big in me. God wants to do something big in me. And that light bulb's going off. And people are growing. And people are spiritually getting it look at verse 5 there's qualities here listen these five these they're not five but these these qualities beginning in verse 5 now for this very reason applying all diligence for this very reason put forth as much effort as possible every bit of energy that you got put forth effort in doing this and before we even read them look down to verse 8 you're like, why in the world am I paying attention to this this morning? Because verse 8 is there, and verse 9 is there, and verse 10 is there. That's why we're listening to this. It says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind. And short-sighting, having forgotten his purification. You know what that does? That makes me want to sit up and pay attention. That makes me want to say, all right, give them to me. What are they? Well, it says, put forth every ounce of energy you got. Now, for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. What is moral excellence? Guys, I told you it's not always showy. That's that secret part of you that just, it's kind of like your, it's kind of like your compass of north. Lord, I want to do what's right. I want to please you. I want to make good decisions. I want moral excellence. I want to please and honor you. I'm not, I'm not talking about and what the world says do, no, Lord God, I don't care what the world says about me. I want to please you. I don't, I don't care if everybody else in the world turns against me. I know as an audience of one, I'm serving you. I want to live for you, Lord. I give you me, this mess of me and all this quirkiness that is me. I give every single bit of it to you. And I wake up today and I say, good morning, Jesus. Here I am. I am reporting to duty. I am reporting to the field. I am reporting to life. And I'm ready to do whatever you need me to do. Moral excellence. And I want to do it right, Lord. I want, I want to please you. I'm listening. Your spirit, your son is listening. Your daughter is listening. I hear your word. I hear you when I start, when my, when my feet start taking me this direction, Lord, I don't want to go there because you're convicting me and telling me not to. Lord, I don't want my eyes to look at things that dishonor you. I don't want my mind to dwell on things that dishonor you. I want to, I want to please you. I want to be saturated with you. Applying all diligence. Put forth effort. It's not just, hey, I'm a Christian we got to work at this thing. 
we got to. You know what I see right now? I see me on a, in a recliner right here. I see me in a recliner right here because that's the kind of, that would be a good visual for the sermon like this. I'm just going to kick back and I'm going to say, feed me, Lord. Because you saved me, right? And I'm just going to wait to get to heaven. No, we got to do something. And in your moral excellence, and for this very reason, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. I'm not talking about math, science, history, reading. I'm not talking about all this stuff you college and high school and all you learned cats are doing. No, I'm talking about this book. There's more to it than for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes this in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. It blow your mind how many adults I ask, what's your favorite verse? And they'd give me John 3.16. What's your second favorite? Mm. Mm. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What's your third? I don't know, preacher, you're tripping me up now, brother. I, I don't know, you the preacher, you the doctor in the house. I mean, you're supposed to know all this stuff. 66 books. If you're relying on me, you're going to starve to death. You're going to be malnourished. You're going to rot on the vine. You're not getting what you need from me, especially you show up Sunday, and I see you again on Sunday, and I see you again on Sunday, and I see you again on Sunday. You've got to put forth effort to get in this book to find him and say, hunger, hunger. As a deer thirsts, as a deer hungers, as a deer pants for the water brook, so I hunger and I thirst after you, oh God. It takes effort. It's not just, God's not just going to spoon feed you. God's not just going to sit there. Remember this recliner that I do not have and I wish I had it because I'd have preached this sitting right here all cocked back. That's what we want. We want God to just, just bless the fire out of us, our lazy selves. We don't want to do nothing, but we want heaven. Even if it's just a shack in the corner. It's not biblical. Is that even salvation? Is that even salvation? Be all the more diligent to make certain about His calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, as you study, listen, we need this. It's almost, you can visualize these at a ladder. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a degrees here. It's a becoming and being made. It's becoming more and more Christ-like as you, as you grow, as you mature, as you become more Christ-like in all that you do. These are and as you start reading God's Word, as you start studying and seeing who He is and what He desires, and the Holy Spirit of God makes it so real, and this book comes alive and vivid, 4K color. You know what we need? We need self-control. Because as I, as I see who God is and He begins to reveal and show Himself more and more to me, there's a war that is raging inside of every one of these humans. 
And it's that flesh, it's that war between the, the spirit and the flesh. And the spirit is saying, this is who you are now. And the flesh is saying, hey, but everybody else is going that way. And the spirit is saying, but that's not who I saved you to be. And there's a war that rages and we need self-control. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the passions that burn, the power that we want, the greed and the, the influence and all of that stuff. The world says that's, what, that's who you were supposed to be. And God said, that's not who I saved you to be. In God's economy, the first to be last and the last to be first. That war is real. As many of you, as many of you hearing me, as many of you listening even this morning, and they're saying, I hear you, preacher, but I don't know if I don't know if I can make that kind of commitment. thing is, it's not a commitment to a coach on the sideline or even mom and dad. It's the commitment to the spirit that indwells you. You don't answer to man, you answer to God. He sees everything. He knows everything. Self-control. And that's why we need the next one. Your diligence, faith, supply, moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance. Look around the room, there's a lot of new faces around the room, but there's a lot who started with us and they're no longer with us. Why? Why is it that, have you ever seen it? Even you young ones, you see it, they, they get excited, don't, don't, don't be that. You choose it. You young people that are in the room, you choose the, the level of effort you're going to put forward. The Bible says supply all moral diligence. Everything that you got in you has to be put in play or you're just going to fizz out. You're going to be like that, that, that I, I see a, a bottle rocket or something. And the sticks in the neighbor's yard. How many church members, how many so-called Christians are nothing but sticks in the neighbor's yards now? Perseverance. Guys, it's not a game. Christian life's not a game. It takes everything. Lord, here's the deal. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness and He's given us His Spirit and, he, and He's telling us to, to act right and He's telling us to, to study and to go deep with Him. And He's telling us all of this stuff. And, and, and you know, I can sit here and read it and read it and read it, but if I do not apply it, if I don't wake up, and I don't even mean wake up tomorrow, but if I don't even start now applying it to my life, I'm just playing the game. Perseverance, do not fade out. Listen to me. Everybody look at me right now. Whether you know me or whether you don't, don't fizz out. If this run is real, then don't fizz out. Okay? If this run is real, then don't fizz out. If he saved you, then, then you're his. Be who he saved you to be. Just do that. Just be who he saved you to be. Okay, next. 
And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. You know what happens as you go along this process? It gets easier. It does. Things that used to trip you up don't even, don't even bother you now. Things that used to be huge landmines are not even landmines now. But let him who think he stand take heed lest he fall. There's none of us ever going to outgrow temptation. We're never going to outgrow the flesh. We're never going to outgrow the fiery attack that Satan has. I can promise you one thing. If you sit there, the more effort you put forth, Satan's going to come at you with everything he's got. There's a lot of people that, there's a lot of people, that's what they do. It's like they, they, they okay, preacher, I hear you. That's a great sermon. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready to live for the Lord. I'm, I'm on fire now. Jesus is the Christ. And then life gets hard, and they're like, ooh, I don't know about that. People around you start getting sick. Jobs get difficult. Relationships go south. That's why we need perseverance. Godliness. You don't sit in that recliner and obtain godliness. You don't be lazy. You don't sit here and say, feed me, Jesus. And you just, you just bask. It's all about me. Me, 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 me. And expect the Lord to be glorified in you. Godliness, brotherly kindness. I preached, I literally preached a revival many, many, many years ago. Five night revival in each night. I mean, it took me five nights to preach three verses. Because we give it all. It, there's a lot here, y'all. Brotherly kindness and love. Love, love people, love those around you. not a game so much that for if these qualities church are yours and they're increasing they render you neither useless nor unfruitful that's what I want to be I want to be useful I want to be fruitful for he who lacks these qualities is blind and short sighted I don't ever want to forget what God did for me. I don't want to forget it. I don't want to miss what God wants to do inside of me. I don't. Therefore brethren. Be all the more diligent. To make certain about his calling. And choosing you. There's some of you can sit here. And listen to me this morning. And all you're thinking is. Wow. He's excited. He's spitting a lot. Is he done yet? I'm hungry. I pray that there ain't a person in this room. Sit there for 30 minutes and like, wonder what, wonder what play they was doing up there. Wonder why they picked purple. Is execute spelled execute the play? Walk out the doors. What was the sermon about? I don't know. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? I can't answer that. Coach can't get on the field with you. 
Mom and Daddy can't get on the field of life with you. Preacher can't get on. Music guys can't get on the field with you. But the Holy Spirit of God is right here with us. Father God. I pray, Lord, around this room that every person can say with an absolute certainty that, you know what, I'm, Jesus is my Lord. I know I may not be, be where I ought to be, and Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, I pray that many can, can just repent. Lord, I've, I've been lazy. That's, that's me in that recliner a lot of times. I mean, yeah, I'm a hard worker, and I do my, I make my widgets, and I sell my stuff, and I do my do my X's and Y's. I do all of that stuff, but Lord, when it comes to kingdom stuff, I'm pretty messed up. Lord, forgive me. God, help us to see that the kingdom stuff is really the stuff that matters. Lord, when we go out in front of the world, who we are as a son or daughter of yours is all that matters. God, and I pray that we are putting forth the effort, God, that we're your spirit is not letting us be lazy. Holy Spirit of God, do not let us be lazy in our walk. Holy Spirit, do not let us be content. And God, just sit down on the fact that, hey, He saved me and I have a ticket and I'm going to heaven. And Lord, you saved us for far more than that. Till then, God. Till then. We, we in this room, God, I pray that every person in here is in this room, God, we want to please you in all aspects of our lives, God. We want, we want our lives to matter. We want our walk to matter. We want our influence to matter. God, who cares if the world never sees us, God? But you see us. We just want the world to see you through us, God. That's all we care about. God, I thank you for this room. I thank you for the group that's here right now. I thank you for each person that came. And Lord, I pray for the many, many, many more. I pray they come in to see me. God, they come in to see you. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.